Hello to everyone. Uh, Tom Holtz here uh, from the American Society for Public Administration, South Florida chapter. And uh, we are back with our podcast, uh, which has been uh, monthly up to the past couple of months. And we had a couple of technical difficulties, but we're glad to be back. We have not disappeared. And uh, we have some uh, very, very interesting uh, guests for you today, as well as our usual hosts. Our usual hosts are Bill Solomon, JDMPA lawyer of renown. How are you today, Bill? I'm fine, Tom. Glad to be here. I am glad you're here as well. And we have Ben Paley. Ben, put your mic uh, on so you can say hello to everybody. Ben Paley is in the middle of studying for his bar as a 3L law student. And uh, actually, I had an interesting text conversation with him today. We, he, taught me, he taught me some fun stuff. And uh, he is, uh, he actually, he's got this great, haircut crew cut looks like he's going into the army or something like that i was uh, I was i was i was quite impressed how are you today ben i'm doing well tom thank you i'm actually now a law school graduate so you can say no. Congra- ben paley jd mpa congratulations when did you did you have you taken the bar yet or are you going to take the bar no you- i take it in late july okay did they have the uh uh, what you call it? The ceremonies for the law school graduates and everything. Yes, uh, uh, not last week, the week before on Thursday. Congratulations! Ah, and you thank went you. up and got your diploma, and the and the dean said, "Thank God we're rid of you." <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I under, I under, So that's why you. That's why you. You've got that. You've got that haircut. Well, you're you're already you're already for the Supreme Court. Now let's get to our special guest star, uh, Ralph Casals, uh, our town manager. And what is the town again, Ralph? Town of Cutler Bay. Town of Cutler Bay. And we're very, very happy to have Ralph on. Uh, He is uh, one of the more, from what I've seen of his bio, he's he's an up and coming dynamic town manager individual who is, very, very, uh, very, very attuned uh, to the needs of uh, his uh, constituents and his customers, external and internal. And uh, Ralph, we're very happy to have you here today and we appreciate the time that you've taken with us. Uh, how are you doing today? Oh, great, thank you, thank you, Tom. And uh, you know, it's, it's just fun to be with this nice group. I mean. Unfortunately, I'll have a JD after my name. You know, I'm just a Neither do I. Small, small town, you know, town managed bureaucrat. So having fun, love what I do, and just having the privilege to 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 help our friends at, at ASPA. So I'm, I'm very, very happy to be here today. I, I think that's great. And uh, listen, I, I have my MPA, but I don't have a JD either. I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a Brooklyn guy who's going for his PhD at this point in human resources. Uh, so that and uh, that gets me into the subway with two dollars and seventy five cents uh, since I came from the uh, since I come from the uh, New York area originally. Um, so. Ralph, let, let, let me begin with you. Uh, you're, a, you're a homestead boy, and uh, you, 
graduated local high school and so forth. And uh, then I believe you went to FAU uh, to get to get your bachelor's. What got you in? What what got you into public administration? What was that aha moment that you know that, that where you where you say, hey, this is what I want to do? Well, I, I think for me, it's one of those being at the right place at the right time. My aha moment was being a senior at Homestead Senior High. I'm going to date myself, you know, in, in, in 1985. And, and I had all my credits already for to, to graduate. So I went into the uh, work experience program. I said, hey, what a cool deal. Go three hours of school and then work somewhere for three hours. and get like Co-op. Co-op, we called it. Right, back right the co-op. So, so at, at that point, um, I was very lucky that that my uh, my first mentor, you know, Joseph Labella, who is now the city manager of Juneau Beach, worked in the city of Florida City, and Mayor Wallace, who's still there as mayor, you know, uh, reached out to Joe and said, "Look, Joe, I know you're going to FAU. You'll see the connection later, uh, and and I know you need some help to do some accounts payable and payroll while you're going full time to to part time to school." And so, you know, Joe LaBella kind of reached out to his old accounting teacher at Homestead Senior High and said, hey, bring me some applicants. So they said, hey, here I am, right place, right time. I go, I have no idea what government was. Just, you know, tax people and get traffic tickets, right? You know? <laughs> so, so I said, okay, sure. Here I was, you know, 17 years old, going to my, my first interview, you know, and you know how to figure out how to, you know, make this knot, right? And and um, you know go go for an interview and that was in 1985 and start off at four dollars an hour as, as the uh, accounting clerk you know in the city of Florida City. God, four dollars an hour, and you were you were a high school senior at this point, or were you going into college at that yeah. at this point? Uh, high school senior, so I think that it was like really really cool. Even though I had a lot of pressure because a lot of my other friends, you know, being down at Homestead, either worked that some of the you know local nurseries or packing houses and they were making a little bit more than than four bucks an hour i'm like you know what no nah, man i'm gonna stick with this government thing you know i'm gonna stick with this i'm gonna stick with this and 37 years later here i am that's dedication and at 37 well to be honest you look a lot younger than that uh i, I mean i will tell you that yeah my first new york state job i think paid fourteen thousand a year back in 1981 so that just gives the show that just goes to show you where we've all gone uh from that point that was supposed to be some money back then mm -hmm. uh but so you started out as an accounting clerk uh and uh what agency was that for well i was in I was the city of florida city i was mostly mostly doing accounts payable payroll because at that point i wanted to grow up to be a nice little cpa and dive into a financial books and what have you. So, so I started off there in the accounting department. Then I also worked, you know, the, the front desk, the cashiering, a lot of translation because I was the only Spanish speaker there as well. So mm -hmm. you were kind of like, you know, jack of all trades and hey, where's the kid? Hey, fill in this position. I think that's great. And of course, being bilingual is certainly an asset. I learned it in school. Un día vamos a hacer un, uh, un programa sobre esto. One day we're going to do uh, something like that. Maybe you'll maybe you'll maybe you'll come back for us, uh, Ralph, and we'll do the whole damn the whole darn thing over in Spanish, and just. Uh, and, and Bill is shaking his head right now, but of course I charge reasonable rates, Bill. So, uh, you know, I can tune it to both of you, uh, but no, but seriously, uh, 
I I think that that's uh, you know so from so from there, what was your what was your line of career progression from there? Okay, so so from there, you know, I was there in 1985. Then I went uh, graduated, and I went right to Miami Dade Community College. Now again, I'm dating myself, right? When Miami Dade Community College was actually being offered from the Homestead Air Base, when it wasn't a full blown air base. So it was kind of cool, you know, work in Florida City, didn't have to drive to the Kendall campus. I go right into the Homestead Air Force Base. Every night you're going in, every night you have a German Shepherd searching your, your car for everything, you know, <laughs> you, know just, you know, security and everything else. But it was kind of cool because I think for, for me, it was like, wow, 95% of the students in my classroom were all, you know, military folks. And every once in a while they have to have, you know, military exercise classes canceled. I love it. I love it, you know. So I, I love having that experience on the air base. And, and a lot of my friends that went to high school with me, you know, their parents worked on the airbase. So that's when the, the airbase was was booming back, you know, back in those days in, in the Homestead area. Mm-hmm. And then in 1992, something really interesting happened, right? Which is Hurricane Andrew. So the, yep. the funny the funny story about that was in uh, in I want to say in June of '92, me and my old uh, boss went to Emmitsburg, Maryland, to FEMA school, and you know, learn about you know how to deal with hurricanes and what have you. So. You know, we come back and here comes Hurricane Andrew and like, how do you deal with that? I learned that in the book, you know? Yeah. So, so you talk about my, my world, I grew up in the world of chaos. Okay. I'm not, in the, I'm not in the world of like, you know, every day kind of doing the same old thing. I like, I like the chaos to me. That's a boring day because that's when you understand the folks that are ready for that type of work. I mean, right after Hurricane Andrew had 85, 85% of the, of the town staff in Florida city just says, send my check to Ocala somewhere. So I quit. You know, wow. so how do you deal with that? So, so that's where I kind of like, you know, I think that's where I think, um, you know, where, where it got me even more inspired to deal with government, right? Because everybody's looking up to you, you mm-hmm. know, for that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we were able to rebuild, you know, we were able to rebuild, you know, uh, Florida City. And then I was able to then graduate from Miami Dade Community College. And then I had a choice between, you know, obviously FIU or FAU. Well, FAU has the Pell Grant. So there goes Pell Grant. So I love the Pell Grant. I'm a, I'm a living product of a Pell Grant, you know, so went to, went to FAU uh, and, and, and that's when Hurricane Andrew hit. So I, you know, it was obviously, you know, I had to take like two to three years off, go back to FAU and I had to get readmitted and they added more classes, which, you know, I thought that was like, really guys? I said, okay, well, it's education. So you gotta, you gotta get that process. Right. So then, then after that, I, um, uh, um, you know, at that point, you know, you're young and dumb and you want to be a, a manager somewhere, captain of the ship. So I, I, uh, I went to this uh, North Bay Village in the middle part of the, of the state of the county there, you know, between Miami Beach and Miami. And I was their, their city manager for like three and a half years, you know, uh, like, at, you know, young and dumb at 26. And then, um, you know, the politics changed there. So I had I earned my stripes of getting the old severance package. You know, it's a great experience. I mean, I still, you know, talk to some of those folks that are that are up there, and and then um, uh, after that, um, something interesting happened when this, the, the the town of Miami Lakes formed, and uh, the, the the previous manager there, Alex Ray, I just applied. I said, listen, he was looking for an assistant manager. I said, listen, Alex, everything you're doing on your desk, I was doing it months ago. You know, you know, I've done that before. I think it'll be a great assistant manager there. So we were there. It was great because you start a city from scratch, you know, because Miami Lakes is one of the, you know, one of the first ones, with, you know, with the Aventura, Sunny Isles and Key Biscayne era of, of incorporation. So uh, and then I don't, know, I don't know. Lo and behold, here comes Wilma. 
You know, so these things follow me, I guess, you know. So here yeah, comes, yeah, here comes Roma. Oh, my God, deja vu all over again. But I think Miami Lakes was a really fun group as well because it was truly, you know, a, a, a new city. And, and a lot of it was a contract city, sim similar to what we're doing now in, in, in Cutler Bay. And then when Cutler Bay formed, you know, I came and applied in Cutler Bay and, and uh, uh, I started working there in 2006 as their public works director. Because mm -hmm. uh, I knew the previous manager, Steve Alexander, and, and I said, listen, I'll be more than happy to. It's like literally six miles from my house. And, uh, and 2012 became the um, uh, manager of Cutler Bay when Steve went to, you know, the city of South Miami. And ever since then, next month will be my 10-year anniversary as manager in the town of Cutler Bay. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, That's my that elevator speech. <laughs> Well, it's a darn good elevator speech. I hadn't been timing it, but uh, I think uh, if uh, if you were going for they 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 try to teach you how to do elevator speeches when you're going for advanced degrees. But I think it. But I think you've made it in terms of the time that it took uh, to get you there. And and I I in listening to you. I now understand why I originally associated you with someone from New York because you're very into multitasking and you're very into getting here's Grand Central Station guys and let's uh, you know and let's get that and that's the kind of personality and I think it's a very good thing to have in public administration. Uh, not everybody's like that. Not everybody's like that. You know, there are some people that are more. Uh, circumspect in the way they handle things and, uh, you know, and politically correct and demure and so forth. But I think it's good. Uh, and that's just from a personal standpoint, they can run after me with knives and guns. But uh, from a personal standpoint, I think that uh, it's a breath of fresh air to have somebody with uh, the zest that, that you are able to put into the job. And I'm sure it's quite infectious. I don't know whether it's been uh, whether it's been mentioned to you, but I think it's an asset for you. Oh, great! I thank you. And I think I think you know, growing up in a in a small town, right, where you don't have like you know a traditional city, like for example, Cutler Bay. Here's a promo, right? It's the newest city in the in, in Miami-Dade County. We're about forty-six thousand, you know, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. residents, mm -hmm. ten square miles, mm -hmm. and and uh, we operate all that with thirty-two. 32 full-time employees. We yeah, contract out our police. Yeah, we contract out our police. We contract out our, our building department. When the permit comes in, it's a private provider. We contract out our transit through Miami-Dade County. We also even contract out our IT through Miami-Dade County. So, so uh, you know, we, we run it like a business, you know? So I got that, you know, lesson learned, you know, with the town of Miami Lake. So, so, a good example today, you know, today I had a couple of my staff members were out. So it was like, literally, if you would call, in fact, I think Tom, you called today, you talk to Maria, my front desk clerk, the next thing you know, I pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. That's government. Well, I think doing more with less is uh, something that they all want to see nowadays. Uh, and you just happen to have that, that background. Uh, I want to, uh, I know that Bill has a question or two to ask you. And uh, Bill, uh, and shoot, shoot. Uh, Raphael has no idea what you're going to ask him about at his request. So oh. this is part of this is I am now waiting, sitting back and waiting to see what happens. OK, thank you, Tom. You're um, Ralph, thank you for being here with us. Um, 
I know this isn't your first ASPA experience. You hosted us for best practices at your wonderful town of Cutler Bay. And, you know, based on what I've already heard, you're, you're exemplifying best practices in what you do in your town. And I really appreciate it. And I do know a lot of people, including my son and daughter-in-law and grandbaby that live in Cutler Bay. So I, I get it. Um, one of your councilmen's my son's best man. So I understand. Um, but I like to ask questions uh, in the area of students because ASPA South Florida chapter has multiple students from many universities, including FAU, FIU, University of Miami, Florida Memorial, just to name a few. Um, you sort of talked about it because um, I started as an account clerk also in the parks department and worked there 30, not 37 years. Um, so I but understand. Not as an account clerk, yeah. But not as an account clerk. For yeah, but the important part of this, which I want him to exemplify or, or to, to elaborate on, mm -hmm. is the career path that he would suggest for a student. Because, you know, we've talked to other managers and some of them it's hit or miss. They accidentally fell into it where others had a direct concept of what they wanted to do and they moved forward with it. And you, you worked for Alex Ray Panama. I mean, you know, I, I know these guys, I, I was around. Um, and I know that the town of Miami Lakes and North Bay Village, and you, you mentioned, because I was born here. So I understand. Um, and the suggestions uh, for career path, I think is very important because students are often lost and they need help. And this is what I hope, you know, you can convey to them something that might be viable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that the first best piece of advice I could, I could say is, is get involved, right? I mean, for example, even at the high school level, we are one of the only cities uh, with, with an interlocal agreement with the Miami-Dade Public Schools. I literally have every day in my office, uh, six to seven 11th graders from Cutler Bay Senior High, that come in and do an internship, right, for their semester. Um, I just wrapped up uh, with uh, our friends from uh, uh, FIU that they had uh, something almost like a win-win for managers, right, that it was the first school that ever done this in the state of Florida. I want to just kind of promote that some more, where uh, some of us are, are credentialed managers, right? It's a little a little stamp you have, ICMACM, right? Right. It's, Past, we have the commitment for it, but I think more importantly, it becomes even more important now because when you start seeing uh, uh, headhunters or recruiters are requesting that, hey, not only have your typical degree, but we also prefer ICMACM, right? Well, what that means for managers like me that, that took the test, right? Does it make me smarter? No, it just means I took the test, right? But it gives, the, it, it provides that you have to take at least 40 hours, 40 hours a year. Of, of continuing education of best practices and what have you. So one of the things that we did with Dr. Chen over at FIU with the, with the MPA program, the Honor Society, was that was that we created, we, you know, we created a, a, an intern executive internship program that I just had my first uh, a student come by and they, that student literally shadows me, not like assigned to another department, no, literally like four feet in front of me, literally um, right there sitting with me at my desk. And that's throughout the entire semester. And it's a win-win because that student, you know, wants a career, wants to see it firsthand, 
number one. It's like I call it the, the Ralph reality show, right? You know, <laughs> that they're there every day. This is the reality of how in, many interruptions you have. The phone rings. Your police chief's calling you. A council member's calling you. Something's happening, right? There's a deadline looming. And then from the manager standpoint, it provides you 20 of those 40 required hours. So I tell the students all the time, get involved. When I go and speak before the, the Mass Association over at FIU, it'll be surprising when I tell people, you know what, by a show of hands, so you guys want to be me when you grow up? I guess, right, me? <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad, right? But then I'll sit there and say, has anybody ever gone to a council meeting? Okay, raise your hand. Okay, you can raise it now. Any takers? Okay, does anybody know what's a resolution, proclamation, an ordinance? Raise your hand. Right. So so those are the kind of things that I think that that we we as managers can do a better job on. And it takes the time to show and mentor, you know, folks there that that are in that in those programs. And I think that's very, very you know important to kind of give back. Right. Where where, you know, you'll have somebody there. I mean, my, my old executive assistant was, you know, honor student at FIU in, in the MPA program. And he says, boss, I'm learning more from you every day than I'm over there. I'm like, no, nope, you got to go through the process. Don't, don't tell me that. You got to go through that process, right? That's an important process. But I think, I think it's, it's important to provide that feedback. And, and it's, it's on the manager, you know, but also it's on the student as well. Get involved, you know, an entry-level position, uh, an, an advisor committee, you know, a charter review commission. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's tough because I'm in that business. And, and for me, this is, this is my life, right? And I say, have you ever attended a local council meeting? You know, so I think right. that's probably the best advice I, I, I give, you know, uh, uh, Bill, okay. when it comes to that. Well, and it's funny, you must be clairvoyant because my other question that I was going to ask had to do with student internships and you kind of, you got that. And I really like that, but that shows true leadership on your part. Um, I know Miami-Dade used to have it and they cut it out for a budgetary constraint. We yeah, used to hire MPA students and you had the best of the best around you and they ended up being the department directors over right. the years and they stopped that program. I, I don't understand. So the fact that you're doing it with the high school students and getting them hopefully into the public service is a wonderful thing. It's good for all of us. Um, yeah. You know, and it can only help your town. Absolutely. Well, I, I agree. And uh, Bill, if it's okay with you, I'd yep. like to switch this over to Ben, who sure. has uh, also evinced an interest in asking a question or two. Ben, you want to put your mic on and uh, let's hear what you got to say. Thank you, Bill. Um, I have a question in the same vein as Bill's earlier question regarding students, but I want to ask you about community residents, how they can get involved and what you have seen throughout the years regarding whether there's been an improvement in citizen involvement or if you think people can be more involved and if there is a lack of involvement from the community, is there a reason for it, one that you think is more likely than something else um, or could it be an issue of just people not understanding what's going on and getting frustrated. And if that is the case, how do we make government more accessible to the people, meaning more understandable? Because I think a lot of people get confused with the jargon. So for example, I've sat in uh, city council meetings, city commission meetings, and you can get lost in 
translation and, and what's being talked about, a lot of technical words. So how, how do we make it more accessible to people so that they can get more involved in the government and feel like the government is doing something for them? Perfect. I, I love that question because now you're going to have to, you know, Tom, it's going to be like the bong show. You're going to have to raise your hand and tell me to stop talking because I'm ready for this. You know, because this is this is what my passion is. The reason why I get into this business is because I'll sit there and tell my staff walking up and down is my job is to eliminate my job. What do you mean, boss? All we do is deal with problems, right? Why is somebody calling Town Hall, right? At least for Cutler Bay, right? The culture that we created in Cutler Bay is is we want to make sure that we're very accessible. One of the things that I do that's unique, you know, in the manager world, I have what's called an open mic night. Okay, it's literally like me with the residents, you know, nowadays with COVID, it'll be in person and we have, we broadcast a Facebook live. We just had one uh, uh, like three weeks ago, had like 47 participants on Facebook live. Guys, you don't get four or five people in a council chamber, right? You know, people are, are stuck in their daily, you know, you know uh, what they do, right? This is what we do. So, so for somebody to pick up the phone and call about something, or come to a council meeting just to, to talk about something on the third of Wednesday of the month, it's very important for us to make sure that we get the folks engaged. At least in Cutler Bay, I have a, twice a year, I have what's called the open mic night. And it literally, that's why I said when Tom said, hey, you know, do you want some of the questions ahead of time? I'm like, nah, that's too easy. I want a rapid fire, guys. Come on, man. You know, give me, give me, don't give me the softball questions. Give me some other ones, right? Because very that's good. what we try to do with government to keep them engaged. And you're absolutely right. I can sit there and talk about CITT, PTP, CARES, ARPA, all those acronyms, right? That 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 the bureaucrats deal with all the time. We try to break it down. And at least twice a year, I have what's called an open mic night in Cutler Bay. Also, you know, as 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 Bill mentioned, you know, his family lives there. We have a lot of special events. Any special events. You're there with the mayor, councilors, myself, you know, we're sitting there just talking, you know, a lot of times people just get intimidated to come to the, the government building, right? Come to the podium, state your name and address. Why? I just want to have a conversation, right? So we try to have those conversations, right? If it's at the at the coffee shop, getting pastelitos with me, Cuban coffee, or the mayor at a restaurant or, the, or at the checkout line, we want to make sure that, that residents are informed. Going back to your other question, Benjamin, is how to get residents informed, but how do you get residents involved? In Cutler Bay, I report to five council, I mean, mayor, vice mayor, and three councilors. I have five bosses, and those five have 45,000, right? So, and then, and then my, my staff understands that our role is to make sure that everything's functioning, right? So that way, when the mayor or any council members at the checkout line with dog food, hey, everything's going great. Or if they do have a complaint, give it to us and we'll handle it and find out what's going on, right? Because to, to me, it's one of those that it's, it's very spit. You have to expedite things, right? I'll give you a good example. Today, I called back a, a, a lady who was trying to open up a business in Cutler Bay. And I called her back. She says, oh, my God, you call me back. I'm like, yeah, you call the town manager. Oh, I wasn't expecting a call for two weeks. That's sad in my industry. That is, that, that's why I do what I do. I want people, I want to hear those comments, right? And then out of those five councilmen that I have, you know, Ben, we have four of them came through the ranks of an advisory committee getting involved again parks, an age-friendly committee. We have an economic growth you know, uh, committee. We have a flood mitigation committee. So how do you get involved? You get involved by that because how are you going to get your next, your next wave of elected officials, right? Well, you can get, you have Bob that lives in the corner. Everybody knows. Okay, great. But has, has he been involved? So one of the things that we do is through the evolution of our, of our advisory committees, you know, they start getting involved. They start learning some of that jargon, if that makes sense. So I think that's how you get that. And then, and then 
<coughs> create an atmosphere that is that's less intimidating. You know, when when a resident calls a good example, my public works department. Or somebody calls my public works department. Next thing, you know, my public works department does, they'll go out there and go visit the person right at their house. Okay, tell me what you're talking about. I'm like, oh my God, you guys showed up. I'm like, yeah, that's what we do. So you really have a direct. Uh, you don't hide behind the, the offices. You have a direct relationship Correct. with your Correct. external stakeholders. And that's what it really comes down to. And I think that's very, very progressive, uh, especially because, you know, I mean, this is a, you know, Cutler Bay, from what I'm learning, is a, is a newer venture. And I think it's a very, very, I think it's very, very uh good to have a combination of assertive aggressive approach uh that shows that you're that you care and that you're seriously committed uh to getting uh, a multifaceted array of jobs done and you only and you only have 32 people on staff which from a personnel standpoint is and, and 45,000 residents that's that's amazing that's really amazing it just goes to show you what you can do when you put your mind to it Right. There was, there was about two years ago. It's funny, you know, talk about getting a crazy phone call in terms of efficiency. There was a report that was done through the house of representative with the speaker Oliva that was done like two years, two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. And it kind of ranked like 90 municipalities in terms of the, their size, efficiency and what have you. And we came out number one on the size of government and efficiency. And I'm like, Whoa, okay, we're going to, you, this is, this is great. I mean, I wasn't even expecting that. Right. You know, it's not like you're, paying somebody to do that survey for you or what have you. And it's nice to know that, that we have that. And, and even that, when there's a position that, that, you know, somebody moves on to another, to another, you know, city or what have you, we evaluate that, that position to see what else can be more efficient in that position. So imagine, imagine that we, we literally, we, we go through that, we go through that process. But I think, I think the joy that it brings to everybody is that even if there's a, I get someone and the answer is going to be no by the time that either myself or my staff finishes with that individual, they'll know why it's no. This is what they call employee thriving or, or employer thriving in, uh, in the HR, in the HR literature. And if uh, you get it up to a point where people enjoy coming into work every day, look forward to what they look forward to the challenges that they're going to meet, take it on, embrace it. A uh, combination of engaging and embracing uh, the methodologies uh, that you use to to make things better, and uh, it's something that that I wish more uh, uh, that I wish more uh, organizations had. And of course, you know, uh, obviously, you can't just pinpoint one, but it's uh, but it's very very good to see that employee thriving exists where you are, Ralph. And uh, it, it certainly is very impressive in terms of seeing it. Uh, do either of you guys have any other questions for him? Or Ralph, would you want to have anything further to add? Either I'll just throw it out there. Well, I would, I would just ask one other thing, and he may have mentioned them. Do you have any other future initiatives you'd like to accomplish in your town? Yeah, in fact, it's um, we recently... Uh, uh, passed a $37 million bond issuance, right? That, that, that again, it was, it's the success stories that we passed it, you know, this year by 66% margin, right? For, to build our new town hall complex 
that we uh, purchased 16 acres on the, in the middle Old Cutler Road, and we did what's called a land swap deal. The, the building that we're in now, the lot next door, it took us a couple of years to do a, a, an equity lot, an equity swipe switch to swap. Sorry, with the, an owner who had you know 16 acres on Old Cutler Road. So it accomplished a couple of things. One, we thought by buying this office building, we were going to be, you know, making all that money as a, as a government. Well, the business never came, right? So we wanted to stop the bleeding. And, and then the owner of a prop, piece of property on Old Color Road, right in the heart of our town, had something we wanted, which was empty land. As I mentioned, we just celebrate our 16-year anniversary with the newest kids in the block. When you sit there and compare, like, you know, uh, I think our, uh, I was talking to the mayor of Miami Springs the other day, they're getting ready to celebrate their 100th year. Homestead just did, you know, Miami, Miami Beach, right? So we're 16, not 100. We only got two digits so far, right? And we're still in the ones. We're still in the teens. So we're the newest kids on the block, obviously. And I think for us, it's one of those that it was a, it was a, great, a great venture for us. We had over 23 meetings between March, uh, sorry, between October and March. And, and it was a mail-in ballot. And... And we, you know, uh, the results were over 66% of the residents voted to go ahead and yes and issue a $37 million bond. Now, I'll tell you the rest of the story. That was the highlight, right? The low light was in 2018 when we did the first bond initiative, right? No property, no plan, right? And, and it failed by 185 votes. What did we do different? I'm going uh, I'm I'm to use, uh, you know, Bill as my prop. That logo on his shirt, the University of Miami, what we did this year this go around was that we commissioned the University of Miami School of Architecture. So talk about real world experience for yeah. these students at the School of Architecture with the Dean over there. And, and we told them, here's your canvas, 16 acres. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you just draw something. You're gonna come, you're gonna host public involvement meetings. You're gonna come to all my special events. We're gonna set up a tent. We want the residents to sit there and give you feedback of what they would want on this 16 acres. It's really their plan, not the student's plan in Coral Gables, right? And they got all that feedback. Now what they did was they used their creativity, getting all that feedback from the residents. They said this, again, I'm gonna use the word campus because it's 16 acres, it's gonna look like this. And they went through the, the good, the bad, the ugly, you know? And we came up with eight different models. So what happened is in 2018, I didn't have anything. Now in 2022, we have nine different models that people kind of say, hey, I like this, I like that, I like that. But you know what? We're talking about it. Great. Right? We had interactive survey with a QR code that beyond my techie savvy. Right. And that's, um, that, yeah. that's interesting because that goes back to what I was asking before about the involvement of the community. It kind of combines both. It's interesting. It combines both. My question and Bill's question together into one uh, answer where Just you're talking about now, I, how, how do we get the community under. involved? We get the students involved. Well, how do you get the students involved? Well, you get them to help the community. And it's, Correct. it's, it's, it's perfect. It's a great it's, idea, it's, Ralph. Yeah. Correct. Like even with our, even, and guys, even like with our special events, we'll, we'll hire, we'll, we'll pay a stipend to our, my local high school, um, we, they call them shark pack, right? A little jazz band or whatever, right? They come, they have a following, their parents come, so we get it. So I think that one was a good example where we use the University of Ryan, but then we put them to work. And those students, I mean, I mean, listen, you know, a lot of them were, are graduating or have already graduated, and that's going to be an experience for them that they were involved in developing our, and I'm going to go back to Tom, our Central Park, you know? Mm -hmm. you know well, that's that's fantastic. I, I really like that. A lot because of good ideas. A lot of good ideas. It's a wonderful learning opportunity for the community and the students. How often do they get that? 
because we, you know, in, in school, they give us, you know, a, a scenario and you had to act out in role playing. We're here. They're really doing it. It's a case and, study. It's a case. Yeah, study and it, it also, to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it also makes the community residents feel involved in what's happening. They're, they're not Absolutely. just, they're not just um, spectators watching right, right, a stage right. show. They're actually performing in this play. That is how the government works, which for people who otherwise, you know, may think, Oh, my vote doesn't count or this doesn't matter. Well, this is a, a perfect example of involvement of the community directly impacting how the government is allocating right. resources and using it. Right. We were going to all the HOA meetings, myself and, and, and the mayor, you know, and, and, and it's funny because I sat there and said, Hey, remember me in 2018, I'm back. Right. But now we have a plan <laughs> and we have a plan, you know, so I had to take that. And so, so why sit there and say, Oh, by the way, yes, it's in the middle of, you know, of inflation. There's a war going on. We understand that and, and, and breaking it down where people could understand it. Right. Where it's a bond. What's a bond? What's a general obligation bond? Guys, it's an line of credit. What are we going to do here? This is what we're going to do, you know? So I think it's important for to have the residents buy in because at the end of the day, it's their house. Who's paying for it? They are. Yep. Absolutely. Very good. A lot of good ideas uh, and brainstorming uh, appears to be the um, sine qua non of uh, your organization. And, and, I, and I think that's very, very, uh, and that's very, very important. Uh, I am not sure as to how many accolades you've gotten uh, for this yet, but I expect that you will be getting, uh, just in terms of the fact that, uh, you, that you're really putting some new blood uh, into, the, into the type of, um, it's public administration, and that's what we need. We need new blood. We need new ideas. We don't need to say, well, private industry does everything and public just like kind of hangs out behind, you know, waving at them. We need to have this kind of, uh, we, need, we need to have this kind of uh, dedication. And uh, Ralph, I expect to hear great things from you. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, and in fact, going back to that dedication and, and, you know, what, you know, a lot of people sit there, how do you get rid how do you get the next generation involved? And I think Gen Z. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing that now. And in fact, the running joke of my office, I told my department has one day I'm going to work for you. And I, and I, and, I, and that's something actually I had a training. I was, I did a number of things in New York city, state and public uh, state and city service. And one of the things I had was uh, uh, I was in training supervision and my boss said to me, I want the kind of attitude so that when people that work for me uh, are promoted and I wind up working for them, that's the best thing that could ever happen because they have taken the lessons learned and uh, they have taken it to another level. And that gets rid of all the, uh, of all the, of all the politics that I'm afraid you're going to take my job away from me, that kind of nonsense, which is, which is the wrong way to go. It's the wrong direction to go. Right. The direction is to train them and to make them a part of the organization so that if they eventually do a better job than you, that's because you have inculcated the, the, the precepts that they are taking. So it is due to you 
If they're doing a better job than you down the line, well, kudos to you for getting them there. Right. And, and, and so I see that. And so I see that in what you're talking about. And I think you have, you have to have that self-confidence. I think a couple of things, you know, I'm very humble. I don't forget where I came from. As I mentioned before, you know, I mean, yes. listen, you know, my mom worked at, at, at Toys R Us. My dad was a mechanic. I went to school because of Pell Grant. Couldn't afford it, right? Mm -hmm. So, and and it's great and satisfying to me because you can walk up and down the hallway and talk to my staff. I'm more of a teacher, you know? Yes. Uh, you know, somebody had to teach me, right? It just didn't just That's come great. out like that, right? So, 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 and, and I deal with, when it comes to like, you know, hurricanes or what have you, I deal in chaos, right? Don't give me the typical, well, we're going to log on to the computer and go on to the web EOC and upload the pictures. Guys, there's no T1 lines. There's no street signs. So when somebody calls, I'll sit and say, yes, Benjamin, yes, I know where exactly where you live. You're under the corner with the red pickup truck. How's your dog? What? Yes, that's how we try to, that's how, that's how we try to treat it here. So we, so we try to treat it that personalized, you know? So, so that way, that way, you know, listen, for somebody to get the courage just to come into town hall and mop and pound on the, on the, on the counter to complain about something, it took a lot, right? Out of everybody's busy day. So we try to make it that way. And in terms of my staff, you know, we, I'm, I'm a, I try to be a, a mentor, you know, when I say mentor, more of a teacher, I don't like the word mentor. I like, I like teaching, you know, and, and, and if something didn't go right, well, okay, that's life lessons, right? I'll say, guys, you know, you know, 37 years, I'm not as fortunate to have as much hair as Benjamin, right? But we could at least, there's a reason why it falls off and, and then lessons learned, right? So I always tell people the running joke is, it's 37 years of doing it wrong, right? So, so this is what occurred on this day. Now, I'll give you the scenario. Now you kind of go with it. Right. And there's something also, one of the crazy theories they talk about is learning management exchange theory, uh, which essentially is, is that if you've got a boss that takes an interest in you and the employee and the employee in turn realizes that the boss is out to help them get ahead and is not out to sabotage them. That turns into a synergistic relationship. So whether you realize it or not, you're, you're right. You're practicing learning management exchange theory, LMX as they call it. And, uh, and, 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 and don't forget where you came from. When I say that, I mean, I talk to Mary Wallace all the time. You know, um, speaking about Alex Ray, I was on my way on just a you know, four-day vacation in Tampa, and I stopped in St. Pete Beach where he's the manager now. Hey, how you doing? Just unannounced. Hey, how you doing? So you try to stay in touch with 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 with, with all the all the all staff members. My old uh, manager as well. You know, Steve Alexander. You know, retired up in Melbourne and with his wife. So so we I try to stay in touch with all all the, the folks that help you guide you along the way. You know, so you don't forget where you came from. That's right. And that's an extremely important thing. And you have to try and do that whenever you can. Well, I think this is uh, this has been an extremely productive session and we could go on and on. But we uh, do we do have our other lives to get back to. And uh, such as it is, Bill is uh, about to run out, run out of his chair. But uh, seriously, uh, guys, do you have any other questions that you would like to ask uh, Ralph, and I see the both of you are shaking your head. Ralph, do you have anything that you would like to add to this presentation? No, I mean, I just want to thank, you know, ASPA. I mean, we've been always being a big partner. And, and again, just getting the folks involved and, and for the students that are listening in, look, take that entry level position at, at, your, at your municipality, right? But I understand the reality is, you know, can I make men's meet with that? Okay, then you know what? Take on that voluntary task force 
volunteer, you know, uh, be seen, you know, go to the different type of special events or what have you. Listen, it doesn't cost them to go to a council meeting, you know, just sit there and, and listen to it or zoom in so you can understand some of that, you know, like, like Benjamin said, that the whole jargon that we talk about, right? There, and, and I think a lot of it is just, is just getting involved. And what you'll find out from, from the, a lot of the managers, uh, both in, you know, Dayton Broward and throughout the, the, the state of Florida is that they're willing to give back. And how do you find out how to get that, that venue to give back, right? As I mentioned, it took about a year with our friends from FIU to get that agreement with the ICMA International to get that accreditation mm -hmm. where you have a mentorship program and, and we get 20 hours of continuing education and the student gets the, the credits. I think some of that I think is a great example and just, just, just get involved. I, I agree, and you just gave me, uh, I'm gonna ask one very quick final question because you were talking about councils. Now, of course you have a small employee complement which is gonna be growing, but have you uh, come across uh, diversity councils and uh, employee resource groups? Have you gotten into that situation where you uh, are going to be looking at or starting to promote uh, diversity and inclusion? Uh, precepts into your organization. How far has that come? Um, we've come a long way. In fact, this Wednesday, we're finalists with the Chamber South for our, our diversity program. Wow. Um, so, so I think it's, it's very important. I think you should reflect, you know, what, what the, what it's made up in the, in the community. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time is getting those folks encouraged, you know, to go ahead and, and, and apply you know, and, and apply for those type of different positions, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, again, the, the, you know, when we grew up, it was the starting salary was three thirty-five an hour. So I was happy to make four bucks an hour. I'm like 75 cents over. That's not <laughs> nowadays, right? Nowadays, I can't find lifeguards. You know, I'm paying 16, $17 an hour because I'm competing with, with targets and Chipotle, right? So yeah. how do you get to that part-time, you know, position there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and go from there. But at the same time is managing those expectations. I think it was like, maybe like, uh, I think it was like two years ago, we had uh, uh, somebody who came in and applied for a lifeguard position and we had a panel of, of uh, you know, department heads there, my, my HR director, my yeah. parks director and some other staff. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that came out of the individual's mouth was, well, how quick can I become director? Like, yeah. well, <laughs> so it's not, it's not that, it's not that, that quick, that quick, right? You gotta, no. I'm a true believer. I'm an old school guy when it comes to that. I mean, I think you do, you gotta, you gotta scrub the deck before you drive the ship. You got to pay your dues. Exactly. There's, there's, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Well, I want to thank you, Ralph, so much for uh, a very, very informative uh, and dynamic session uh, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, we uh, want to thank our uh, listenership. Uh, we're going to be uh, presently, uh, we're going to have this on Podbean and uh the uh, LinkedIn for the South Florida for South Florida chapter, and uh, also for in the for the Facebook groups, and uh, for literally the first time since so we're getting a, we we get a newsletter uh, that we periodically uh, publish, and uh, for this one, uh, Ben is graciously helping us out. And uh, we're going to be mentioning your, uh, your podcast and your input in that newsletter. So uh, we want to thank you once again uh, for everything and to uh, our, and to our uh, listeners. Uh, thank you once again very, very much uh, for listening. And good night from me. Good night, Bill. Good night.
And wow. good night, Ben. And good night from especially from from Ralph. And uh, please look forward to our next month's uh, rendition when we will have somebody uh, definitely new on board and we'll be continuing to do this. Thanks again. Thanks again to everybody. Have a great night.